The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 115. Talk about expanding markets with Sandy Shannon. Sandy Shannon is the owner of Roseville Designs, a full-service stationary business creating fresh paper stories and invitations. She has been in business for over nine years, creating custom save-the-dates, invites, and day-of items for weddings and mitzvahs that are modern, bright, and custom-made for her couples and clients. Sandy is from Connecticut, but moved to Los Angeles four years ago, building her business for a new market and making great connections along the way. Sandy is here with us today to talk about how to expand into a new market, which she has very successfully done here in Los Angeles. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's tug it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, the doors to our January goal-setting workshop are now open. Join me for Biz-ish 2022. Listen. If you're feeling particularly bruised by 2021, this workshop is for you. Biz-ish is meaningful and a little bit magical goal setting for you. Look, 2021 was a year that for most of us will be remembered as a quote unquote wedding boom. I like to call it the year all of our clients went bananas and maybe you did a little bit too. Because truth, this year was kind of bonkers for me as well. And what I think we need right now is instead of ignoring what we're feeling, I think we need to dig down into the muck of 2021 and help each other rise up like a phoenix from the ashes. Dramatic? Well, sure, but we're also living through a literal pandemic, so who knows what's next. If I learned anything from the last two years, it's that working on my business and setting big goals is always important work, despite all the things we cannot control. Listen, I always have my own back and you should have yours too. I also know more than ever that we are better together as a community. So let's gather virtually and get to work and rise up together. So join me for this start of the year workshop. It's a mini course, it's a workshop, it's a little bit magical, it's a lot practical. And let's take a deep dive into the business you ran in 2021 and let's make a plan for the one you want to run in 2022. And honestly, we all know our businesses and our lives are rarely separate. So this work is about all of you, all the wonderful facets of your full, messy, grateful life in business. So we have three calls in January and then three quarterly calls during 2022, because I'm not here for some goal setting that you forget by February. To find out more about BizIsh, go to reneedallow.com forward slash goals, reneedallow.com forward slash goals and know that the doors close before the holiday break so doors to this close december 23rd so do not delay if you want in and i really think you should be in with us go now check out more about biz ish 
and I will see you inside the January workshop. Now on with the show. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me, your girl, Renee Dallow. And this week, I am joined by the fabulous and lovely Sandy Shannon. Sandy, how are you? Hi, I'm great. So happy to be here. I'm happy to, that you're here too. I mean, I see you, I feel like I see you more than most people through a, through a Zoom camera, of course, um, right? because we're on the board of WIPA together and we have a lot of events together, but I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while because you're new. I, well, you're not newish anymore, but do you still feel like you're new to the LA market? This season is the first time where I really feel like I'm part of it. You know what I mean? It, it is hard because mm. you feel like you're new for a while, but this season, you know, just because it's been so busy. And so there's been a lot of LA wedding stuff. It feels yeah. like that. And not as against anyone, like they've made me feel like an outsider for the last four years, but <laughs> it feels like, yeah, now I'm like in step with everything. So yeah, it's exciting. And you've been here for four years. I have. See, to me, it's funny because it feels alternately like you just got here, but also like I've known you forever. But I think that's just that's just our industry, right? Like we <laughs> we bond fast and furious. So you moved to California from Connecticut. Correct. Yes. And how long were you established in Connecticut for before you moved? So I had been in Connecticut for about five years in the business. So I was very well established there. And then my husband got a new job and we had about... Uh, two months to find a place to live and figure out schools for my kids and move. And it was kind of a whirlwind, but we decided to go for it. And, you know, I definitely had that moment of trepidation. I remember sitting in my bathroom being like, what is going to happen to my business and being very stressed out. But the nice thing about working as a stationary designer is you can work anywhere. You know what I mean? You, you're not actually at the wedding, which is great because I have my weekends to myself. Um, so it wasn't <laughs> jealous, as much of a jealous of moment. that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it is nice. So it wasn't as much of a freak out moment as it would be probably for, you know, a planner or like a florist, but it was definitely um, stressful. So. I mean, you, your husband got a job here, so you really didn't have a, um, neither one of you really, I guess, had a say in like exactly where you went to, right? It wasn't like you could say, well, that's not good for stationers. I'd like to move somewhere else. <laughs> no, I, I, we didn't. I mean, listen, I was excited to try something new and Connecticut I love, but it's obviously a much smaller market. Um, yeah. It's a smaller state. And, you know, LA is huge and it's California and it's also really different. Connecticut, I have a lot of couples, like the parents are involved. It's, I would say it skews a little more traditional in terms of like style and, or classic, I guess. Whereas, you know, I, my couples in LA are more diverse. The weddings, I think, infuse a little more of their personalities. They're a little more modern and colorful, which is honestly kind of my aesthetic in general. Um, so it, it kind of worked in my favor. <laughs> right. If, if, does it feel to you like maybe you're more on brand for yourself in California than you were in Connecticut? Yeah, it does. It, it definitely does. And there's just, you know, and I'll talk about that more. There's just more room for connection because, you know, there's, there are more couples. So there's, there's more community over competition, I think, just because there's more opportunity there and there's more money. I mean, there's more money, there's more events, yeah. and, you know, and it's just by the sheer numbers. So, yeah. But I love, you know, I love my Connecticut connections and I'm so glad that I could maintain that. Um, but it's it's nice to kind of have two paths now. Yeah, I, I imagine that might, that would be very like 
powerful to, still, to keep the Connecticut, but add the California and kind of have those running side by side. I mean, it's the same business, right? But dif- like you said, different, slightly different styles. I mean, my dad lives in Connecticut, so I absolutely understand the Connecticut vibe. And there was a moment in time when Joe and I might have gotten married in Connecticut. My stepmother's sister has like a beautiful estate in Greenwich and we considered it for a hot sec, but then I was like, well, but are we really Connecticut people? <laughs> The answer is no, we're not really Connecticut people. Maybe one day in the future. Um, So when you moved, when you figured out, okay, we're going to California specifically, you know, I know you're you're in Pasadena, which is also sort of a very traditional community in California. It's not like you were moving to like, you know, Silver Lake where it's kind of like a little bit, you know, more artsy. Did you make yourself a plan, like a strategic plan, or did you kind of just feel it out? How did you prepare? Well, I'm really fortunate that, um, you know, my husband is, you know, has a good job and, you know, is consistent money. So it wasn't like, if I don't get business right when I land, like, I'm not gonna be able to, you know, put a roof over our head. So I was very fortunate for that as a, as a first step. But, you know, I was kind of like, let's just get there. I knew I had, you know, I have two little kids. So I had to get things kind of settled with schools and doctors and all that jazz. It was kind of good timing because I moved in December, you know, January 1st, which is a little quieter. So it was like, I, you know, my weddings were done for the year in Connecticut, could kind of refresh. So, but yeah, I kind of got here. I didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. And so my first step was really taking Instagram. Um, I sat on my couch in the mornings and I went to the hashtag like SoCal Wedding Planner, LA Wedding Planner, and did what I call like a positive rabbit hole session, which was, <laughs> you know, it, it was a journey. And that was how I met people. I mean, it's how I found you. It's how I found like Tuesdays Together and networking events and it's like, you know, when you're, it's like cold calling kind of in the beginning, right? And just also getting a feel for like how the industry works, like who's connected to whom and what their style is. So that was really step one for me. Yeah. I think you and I met at a networking event, didn't we? We did. Yeah. I think it was, I don't know if it was, uh, maybe it was a WIPA event. I went, I've been to a couple of WIPA events before I was on the board. So it might've been that, it might've been Tuesdays together, but Oh no, yeah, maybe it was ABC. I think that's what it was. We met was there. It, I, did we? I have some vague memory of us being in Santa Monica at the Black Tux, like yes. walking out of the Black Tux storefront for some somehow. I don't know why we were all there, but we were walking back to the event, and you were walking in front of Holly and I, and we were started talking, and you were like, "I'm a stationer," and we were like, our ears always perk up when we hear like "new stationer." What? Because. I think stationary is one of those relationships as far as like planner planner to stationer go is that you really need someone who like gets it. (laughs) Like you don't want to be explaining. You don't want to have to be the one explaining to your clients why they need to do a certain thing or, or word things a certain way. Like I much prefer that coming from the expert you, as opposed to me kind of chiming in being like, you forgot to put dress code or, you know what I mean? Any of those things. And so um, when you find someone who's skilled, at design, but then also skilled at talking to clients. Like that's, that's my favorite. Well, I love your like romantic memory of our first get together. It makes me feel good. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a funny thing. Cause I, I really most, for most people, I'm, I'm always like, where did we, how did we, but yeah. for some reason it was such an odd, I remember feeling very like so odd that they took us out of the event to walk us into the storeroom or showroom. Yeah. And I remember being like, what, what just happened? Like I, the whole thing was still like in my memory is just like a, huh? So, yeah. but I'm glad we, we ended up, that's how we ended up striking up a conversation. Cause we were like, 
what just happened? What did we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you touched on exactly what it is for me that I've learned. You know, like I said, I started the cold calls. I made the connections and the end goal, what I'll talk about in terms of how I got to that point is like to be a vendor, presumably wedding planners, but sometimes photographers and like venues, like go to person for that. Because, right. you know, my goal is always, how can I make this planner's life easier right and to your point like I like working with like calligraphers and illustrators that I know okay when I pass this along if I drop the ball or I forget something I know that they've got it and and for that reason I always want to send my clients to them because that just makes my life easier I can focus on the other parts of that person's you know wedding that I need to focus on and the benefits are amazing because when I get weddings from planners you get like emotional support baked in already. So like if the, <laughs> if the couple is a little, you know, high maintenance and someone else says they are, it's just nice to know that it's not in your head. I don't know um, what you're talking about. We've never had a couple. None like of that. your couples. None of We've yours. never you been texting at midnight about one of my couples who didn't get back to you. No, never. Right. Never. <laughs> um, you know, and they can just help you like, they also, you send couples to people like stylistically, if it makes sense. And, you know, it's just, you've done the vetting for us, which is worth its weight in gold. Well, I mean, that's the power of relationships in this industry across any vendor category, I I believe, because I don't, I mean, listen, I've been in the situation where my clients say, hey, what about this person? And I'm like, I don't really know them. Let's try it out. And then what's revealed is that they are like literally an, an order processor, like there's no customer service, right? That's always what, when I go back to my referrals with my clients, I always say like, oh, we love Sandy. She's a great designer, but also a great human and will help you through the process. Like our clients need the emotional stuff from us as much as they need the service. And some vendors, I think, miss the mark on that. Totally. I completely agree. And, you know, when I started my business, I was never, it's not like I built up to this. I was always, I was never like a transactional designer. Like, again, I always tell my couples, like, some people should order on wedding website, I'm sorry, on like paper websites or go to stores and that works for them. And I've had inquiries that I'm like, this is a better fit for you. And it's, it's just, it's budget, but it's also just how you process things, how you want it to go. Like I, yeah. I just want to point to something and pick it and I want it to be done and that works for them and they should get what they want out of the wedding. But for me, I, and I found this and I'm sure you have too over the years, especially, you know, post, I don't say post pandemic, during pandemic, wherever we are, couples, they want to pay for you to make their lives easier. Like they want, you know, for me, like, please assemble the suites. Like you're going to manage my timeline. That's worth it to me to pay extra, to know that I have a little bit of freedom back on my end. A hundred percent because, and and this is the thing that I think about often. And I, and I tell to my students a lot is that, you know, our clients in a way are just like us, right? I pay for convenience constantly and I'm happy to. And if I'm happy to pay for convenience, like as in I pay Instacart to deliver my groceries and I pay a person to come clean my house twice a month. Like, wouldn't your clients want to pay for those things too? Totally. And I always tell them, you know, I explain when I'm having my, you know, call with them that I tailor the process to each couple and, but it just, some couples like value, you know, what price you put on your time, right? Like I'm the same way. I mean, I have, you know, my business, I have two young kids. And so for me, like, if I can pay to have, you know, the HelloFresh kit come 
and yes. not have to go to the grocery store a little extra, that is worth it to me if it costs a little bit more. And I think couples are the same way. They're busier than ever. I mean, I always say in my calls, like I was planning my wedding over 10 years ago and it felt like a full-time job then. And now it just, it feels, it's like amplified. So I, right. I think people just, they want to enjoy it still, you know, more than ever. That's something that won't change, but the stakes just seem a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree a hundred percent. So when you got here and you did the Instagram deep dive and then, you know, you connected or tried to connect with the planners and the people that you sort of had your eye on, um, I know we already established that you and I met at a networking event, but how much in-person networking did you do at the beginning to like really solidify those connections? Because I feel like in light of the pandemic, of course, like grain of salt for everything I'm about to say. But for me in the past, it's really been, it's a different thing when you meet someone in person. Like, yes, we can be Instagram friends, but I like the in-person meet. So how long did it take you to sort of branch out and do that part of it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we live in a social media world and I always say that's a really good like first step and it's super valuable, but it's not the only step. And if it's the only step you take, like you're not going to create those relationships. And, you know, it's not just relationships for planners that are going to bring you business. It's also like, I went out and got coffee with like Colette from Golden Summer Designs when I moved here, who's another stationer. Like it's about creating community because, you know, day to day we kind of work alone. Right. So it's like, we need that coworker, element a little bit so that we feel connected. We feel like someone else gets what's going on and we're not alone. So I, you know, I reached out and, you know, some people get back to you. Some people don't. The first thing I did too, is I, I, and I sent them out again a couple seasons ago was I sent out sample kits and it's funny because I was assembling them and I was listening to another podcast episode where all these planners were saying like, Oh, I hate when people send me things in the mail. I just never look through them. And I was like, Oh no, what am I doing? (laughs) But I, but I really believed in it. I was like, you know what? I I mean, I've already bought the folders and got the fancy printer paper. So like I'm seeing this through and I'm glad I did because you know, again, I always think when I do these things, what's the return on investment? Like it costs me this much, but how much can I get back if one of these kits lands and someone loves it or two or three? Did every single person get back to me and say, I loved your kit? No, but you know, a a portion of them did. Some people even like Instagrammed it, which is so great because that's just gets your name out there. And like, I always say, like, you know, I used to work in a marketing agency. It's like brand recognition is number one. Like if someone else sees your name, here, there, somewhere else, it just gives you legitimacy, you know, when you're starting out in a new, in a new location. So I, you know, I made connections through that and some planners who, you know, again, I've become like their go-to vendor. So it's like the payoff was wonderful. That was a good step, but also I, I really like connecting with people, like just grabbing coffee with some people, you know, after we do a styled shoot, I don't usually, I'm not usually at the styled shoots. Cause again, I don't need to be there and my schedule sometimes, but you know, meeting for a cocktail, meeting for dinner. I just feel like you never lose by making those deeper connections. And if not, you've made a friend too, which like I consider, you know, you and a bunch of other people that we work with friends too, which is means a lot to me. Yeah, I do too. I was actually, I was actually, I went to um, cocktails with our friend Margot from uh, Harmony Creative a couple of weeks ago. And she kind of looked at me and she was like, are all of our friends wedding people and I was like yeah all of our friends are wedding people now like (laughs) like this is what's happened we're all just we're wedding people and we're friends I want to touch on something you said about how you were listening to a podcast where planners were like don't send me things and it's funny because I actually recorded a show yesterday with a planner where we talked about don't send us things but in your case as someone who received your sample kit I think when we're talking about paper it's important to be able to touch it 
And because our clients work with you virtually most of the time, and we're not having an in-person meeting, I need to be able to vouch for like, oh yeah, this person uses high quality materials, right? So I think for me, I just want to put a little asterisk on the end of that <laughs> sentence where it's like, we don't like you to send us crap that's not related to what you're doing. But if it's literally your work, like, yes, please send it. Same for like people who like curate gift boxes. Like I love getting those to be like, oh, what did they put together and how? Because I use gift boxes in my life. So I want to see how it's put together. You know what I mean? You know, if like a videographer I don't know sends me a box of chocolate, what does that have to do with what they do? You know what I mean? Totally. That's, no, I totally agree with you. And I appreciate the, the caveat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the caveat is don't please. I love paper. Send me paper. You know, as far as the friendship thing goes and the coffee dates uh, go, I think, and this is something that I've talked about on the podcast you know, a, a bunch of times, um, is that over the course of my 13 years in this industry, I have gone on, I mean, hundreds of coffee dates with people. And the ones that have produced the most like generative relationships are the ones where I was like the most myself and, you know, not trying to present in a certain way or just kind of coming to the table as is. And sometimes that's messy. <laughs> I feel like those are the ones, the relationships that have the, that have the longevity. Do you, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know if you remember, I think now, even though we were at that networking <laughs> event, now I'm remembering, as you're saying that the first time we were to get met in person was when oh, yeah. you came to, remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah I can tell, I can, is, is it okay that I tell that story? Can I tell of that course, story? Of course, I just didn't want to say it, tell it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think longtime listeners of the show might, I might have talked about this briefly at some point, but Back in September of 2018, uh, my cousin passed away. He's my only, I'm an only child and so is he. So he's 10 years, he was 10 years younger than me. And it was shock, It was shocking, right? Like he died of a drug overdose. We did not, I did not know that he was even doing drugs. And that happened in the middle of the night, right? So <laughs> I, had a, I had a coffee date scheduled with Sandy at like 9 a.m. And I was up almost all night, you know, dealing with all of this. And there was like, at some point at like 5 a.m., my husband said to me, you should cancel your day tomorrow. And I said, well, I can't cancel my 9 a.m. What am I going to do? Email her now and hope she gets it like as soon as she gets up. Like it it seemed too uh, too short of a timeline to cancel on someone. Right. And I was like, I'll just go. It's it's just coffee. I'll be fine. Dear listener, I was not fine. <laughs> I should not have been out of the house. But I mean, Sandy, you took it in stride. You took whatever messy shit I landed on that table with that morning in stride. And and I think, you know, our friendship is better for it. I, don't, I think you might have thought I was a little bit of a crazy person that morning, but, uh, no, I did but that's what happened, right? Like that's, that was the reality of that day. Is that like something happened? I made some choices. <laughs> And then, but then I did go home and cancel the rest of my day. So everyone listening knows, but what was that like for you on the end of it? Cause you did, I just kind of sat down and was like, some shit happened. <laughs> well, listen, I think it's reflective of who you are, which is what I love is like, you're, you're very honest in your, you, like you come to the table and you aren't like putting on any airs or pretending to be someone you're not like you get you a hundred percent, which I like, and I'm that way too. So I really appreciate yeah. that. I mean, I would have canceled it too. And I would have totally understood, but you're, you're super responsible too. And I, you know, I think we had to reschedule once before. So you felt guilty for that. Which yes. You that not is have. part of it. Yes. I totally forgot yeah. about that. Yes. Yeah. That was our, that meeting was our rescheduled meeting. And then, yeah, that's why I was like, there's no way I'm canceling. Yeah. Which again, it would have been totally fine, but I understand <laughs> as a, you know, business right. owner, you know, wanting to maintain that, you know, reputation, but no, I mean, listen, I'm someone that I like to get to the heart of things right away. Like when I go to networking events, 
like it's great to connect but you know it's oh what do you do but it's like I really like when I can have one-on-ones and really like get to know someone so I agree I feel like I was really I felt kind of honored that I could be there for you at such a hard time even though we were obviously new friends but you know I think every time I saw you after like it just I don't know it gave us a deeper connection more quickly and it's just a reminder that you know when you're working with vendors sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with them but if you know them on a deeper level and you understand like, oh, I know their dog just died. Like they're going through a hard time or right. they have k- young kids. Like it must be really stressful. I just feel like you have that empathy and you work better together because of it. I agree. I also, you know, I think as as vendors, it's easy for us, especially in this this season of wedding boom and and postponements and all the things, especially in California. You guys, we have been we have been truly bananas out here. As vendors, I know I sometimes feel like, oh, I wish my clients saw me as more of a full human, <laughs> right? And I, we say that a lot about our clients, but it, it's vendor to vendor as well. Like Sandy said, like, it's okay to have, it's okay to be messy in a, a little bit. I mean, not all the time, of course, but it's okay to show up and be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% myself today, but I, I wanted to just come, you know, be here with you and and we're better for it. I mean, I would not advise anyone else going through grief to admit, to keep all their meetings, but it felt right in the moment. So I, t- I regret, I regret nothing. <laughs> I'm glad it's you funny did, that so. I can laugh about it now, all these years later. I know. Yeah. Well, it's like had some time, some space from it, but it's still exactly. hard. I'm sure. Yeah. It was, I still like when I tell, I actually told the story on stage once just talking about like grief and entrepreneurship and how I'm, I'm glad that we have moved away from the hustle mentality like as the only narrative that entrepreneurs get to talk about. But back then, I think that was still very much part of my psyche, you know, like, oh, hustle, keep going, keep going. And uh, I talk about it just as like, hey, I did this thing with, (laughs) I kept this meeting with a vendor who was very compassionate and not everyone will be, right? Because the the truth of the matter is it could have gone a completely different way, right? So we have to kind of um, modulate what's happening in our lives versus, you know, who we're, trusting with that information, I think. But I don't know, having this real connection with someone so far for me hasn't, has only been positive. And maybe, maybe I'm just fortunate in that, but have I've never had it kind of go badly, really showing myself to someone. No, I agree. And it, I feel like if it does go bad, you still don't regret it because you, you probably don't were, know, you know, <laughs> well, you don't know, I guess. Yeah. But you were still true to you. And if, you know, some people just aren't as open that way. And I, I'm not, yeah. That's that's okay. People are all yeah. dealing with different stuff and they may not just be there yet, but at least you, you know, followed your what you think is the right thing. Yeah. I yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about because you've said it a couple of times and I want to I want to dig in a little about becoming someone's quote unquote go to. Right. How has that happened for you? Has it been fairly organic or have you really made like a hey, can I be your can I be your main vendor for this conversations? So I've never really said that. I think it's organic. I think, you know, when I moved here, you had to prove yourself. Like I did more photo shoots than I normally would do. I, you know, I paid extra for babysitters and nights. My husband was working to go to an event. I mean, I literally remember going to the Kim Sing Theater event. You know, that's that right. I, I produced that one with you. That's right. And I remember literally going up to a group of people being like, hi, I don't know anybody. Can I sit with you? <laughs> you I love know? it. And like, and listen, it's, it's really hard for people. And it's really hard for me. I'm a, I'm like a, extroverted introvert like if that's not easy for anybody but again I felt like I mean I got a couple side eyes and a couple of the courses and the side eye people I'm like all right we're probably not going to click and that's okay but what I did basically was you know I kind of proved myself like I get it it's you know when I find a new vendor I'm always a little wary of using them the first time on a job with a client because the stakes are high and your reputation's 
you know, at stake. So I think with a lot of vendors, I did that and I proved myself. And I think, again, what I bring to the table is, you know, I like to think obviously I'm I'm talented with my art and everything, but it's the, you know, the full service management that I do that people are really, you know, is kind of the icing on the cake, I guess you'll say. So I feel like once people work with me, they see like, okay, she's really organized. She is on top of stuff. They just, you know, and then it just kind of organically happens and they start sending clients and then you prove yourself and then you hope that they send you more. And, you know, I think once that's established, I always make a point to like send a little something at the end of a season when I work with someone and it's, it's genuine. Like I I really mean it when I send something and I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know, like I send you a holiday gift. Like I really love working with you and you know, thinking about you at the holidays or whatever it is. And so, you know, you have to maintain those relationships, um, whether it be working together or just, you know, checking in now and then. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I always wonder if it's frustrating for people who listen to the show, because I think for so many of these things that we need as business owners, right? We need to be the go-to person. We need to be on the the recommend, recommended list, right? A lot of what has, had been my experience and like yours as well, Sandy, is that it is just kind of organic, right? Like you're just putting your good work out there and meeting the and meeting people that you click with, and then someone's going, "Oh, yeah, you need station, you need invitations, go to Sandy, right? You need a wedding planner. Oh my God, you have to talk to Renee." I don't think there is a, a shortcut there. I don't think there's a way to say to someone like, I want to be your go-to person, right? Because I feel like when those conversations happen, they generally happen too early in the relationship. If they know, I, yeah, I agree. And I think also it's about being like doing the little research in the beginning. Like when I messaged all those wedding planners, I didn't copy and paste. I was like, hi, my name is Sandy. I'm a wedding planner. I'd love to send you this kit. (laughs) I like looked up their name. If it wasn't on their Instagram account, I checked their website. Like I made a point to like, check out their style and say something so they knew like I really am putting time into sending you this message it's not just another stupid dm that you're getting that's a waste of your time right which I hate I hate when I get those emails like asking to collaborate on something from someone who didn't even take the time to write my name down and I write back to every email but if you can't even put my name in there it's like come on you know what I mean yeah so yeah it's starting from you know again just being genuine from the from the get-go yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And then also if for my planners listening, especially if you're a newer planner, having someone in your vendor relationships that you can say to your clients like, oh, no, I have someone who can do that for us. Like having a go to person and not having to like shop around for someone for your clients is actually very powerful. Like oftentimes my clients we don't meet with like three in every category. That's what I generally teach. And that's what I used to do when I started um, as I would I would tell people like, well, when you, when you're searching for vendors for your clients, give them three selections in every category. But oftentimes when it's time to do stationary, I'm like, oh yeah, we have a stationer. Her name is Sandy. I'll hook, we're going to hook it up. Like I don't, (laughs) because there's no, to me, I'm like, I already know you're going to pick Sandy. Let's just, let's just cut out the other stuff and make it easier for your clients. If you have that person stationer or any category, right. It's just easier for you. And also just, it's easier for you because you know all the players and you you have that safety and that comfort of knowing your clients can be taken care of. But also makes you look kind of cool to be like, oh, we have someone. Totally. I mean, I just see like, that's what they pay you for. And I I always sympathize with wedding planners because you don't have that. I mean, I guess you have venues and you can obviously be like a go-to planner for a venue. But, you know, I just feel like we're, uh, as a stationer and a florist, we're really lucky because we have those planners (laughs) too. You guys do a lot of hard work. And I'd imagine, I mean, I guess unless you get referrals, like, you got a, a bride who was, you know, cousin used you as well. Like, 
right. most of the time, if you're having an inquiry or call, you're up against other people already, right? So you kind of need to prove yourself in whatever capacity. Yeah, it's funny. I don't really, <laughs> that is 100% true. I just don't often think about it that way because like 99% of my business is a referral from some someone or some venue. So I feel like most people that, people that come to me are kind of warm leads already. But yeah, I don't really think about the, this is like very much my personality. Well, it's good. It's a nice, it's a nice way to other, live. I don't think about the other planners. I mean, I know they're out there and I know they're talking to people that I'm friends with, but also like, I feel like at the planner level, it has so much to do with our personalities and yeah. how we are on that call and how, and if they feel like it's the right, I'm the right vibe for them, that there's nothing I can do, right? I'm either the right vibe for them or I'm not and somebody else's and amazing, go, go toward that right person. I've been the I've been the planner for someone who didn't um, fully like me or like vibe with me, and I I will never do it again. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, and I think we're in a privileged position that we've been in business for multiple years now, and so yeah. you know, especially this season, it's been so crazy busy that we're seasoned enough to know the red flags. And I don't mean that someone's like going to be a bad couple; it's just not the right fit. So yeah. we've learned that. I mean, I'm sure you're the same way as me. Like I get a new inquiry and I can tell you right off the bat, like this one is, is we're not going to be a great fit for each other. I'll always do the call because, you know, I could be yeah. prove, proven wrong and everyone deserves, you know, that time just to chat. Yeah. But you kind of know off the bat, if someone says thanks, but no thanks, we say, okay, that's fine. You know, someone else, we're fortunate, like business is good. Someone else will come along. But we've all been there in the beginning where you take on clients that aren't really your style or you know, maybe you don't drive it as well because, you know, you, you want the business, you want the money and you want the experience. And those experiences, let me tell you, are worth everything because you, you learn so much in this business, things that don't go, don't go the way you planned, you know, relationships that don't work out. You learn the ones that you do want. And it's really important. What is a red flag for you as a stationer? A red flag for me as a stationer, um, you know, I think it's not so much a stationer, but the style, like if I get an inquiry and they just say, I want to talk, like, what's your starting price? Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. I, it, someone said once, which I've heard is like, a lot of times people will type in something about pricing, because when you get it, when there's a, a, you're sending an email, or there's like an inquiry form, you feel like I need to write something and people don't know what to write. And so they right. kind of go for price, whether that's the right thing or not. But my couples, you know, they really care about the style of their wedding, like it's important to them. When I have a couple who is like, I asked them how they chose their venue and they're like, well, it was, it was close to the hotel. It's like, okay. I mean, <laughs> we might not be the best fit. You might be right, There's no curved. story there. There's no story there. And my couples have stories and I love the stories and that's what fuels my creativity and me wanting to work really hard for them. And, you know, a lot of times I just get people who again would be better served by just a click and add to cart situation. Are there any red flags you have with working with planners? I will say in general, I think, we're all in kind of the boat together. So I feel like everyone's really respectful. They get that we're busy and they value time. I would say that one red flag for me is when couples or sorry, when planners think that things can be turned around really quick, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, that I work really quickly um, more you than do. most, but you know, you have to find a balance of, you know, I put cushion in my timeline because 
I need to cover my butt and I need to cover your butt and I need to cover the couple's butt, you know, like, right. so, you know, you need that cushion. <laughs> and when my cushion is taken away, that's when things fall apart. And, right. you know, no one, no one cares at that point where you're like, well, I told you that, you know, we, we, we're gonna, you know, really be up against the wall with this. They don't care at that point. You know, the, the thing is falling apart and they're just mad and, you know, whether right. it's justified right. or not. Right. So I think that, yeah, it's just about people, again, just kind of respecting the process and the time. But honestly, I feel like I really, in general, wedding planners have been really respectful and I appreciate the support. Like if I get an email where a bride's frustrated or, you know, a groom's like annoyed, I, I like the follow-up like, listen, or they text me like, I get it. Sorry, we're working on it. Don't worry. <laughs> I know he's in a tailspin, whatever. It just, it's, it's, yeah. No, I, it makes me feel good. And that's, that's, that's the community that I'm talking about. That's so valuable. Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny. Joe and I were guests at a wedding um, in mid August, I guess late August uh, in rural Pennsylvania, uh, a friend of my husband's. And at some point I probably should do a podcast episode about that DIY wedding from hell, but, um, but they didn't have, this couple didn't have any help. They didn't want my help. It was the whole thing. But I remember I got an email from you saying that my September 2nd wedding had all their, their paper was ready. It was literally like August 22nd. And you were telling me that my, it was September 3rd, my September 3rd couple, like their things were done or whatever. And I, I said something out loud, like, oh, I can't pick this up until I'm home. And the bride from the DIY wedding was like, what do you mean all your signs are ready? And I was like, yeah, they're, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, we just finished our signs on Friday before the Saturday wedding. And I said, oh, that's the stationer. That's Sandy. Like that, that was all, that was all you and your time management, because God knows that that couple in particular was, you know, had a lot of loose ends to tie up with COVID and travel and stuff. But it was that I had that very distinct feeling of like, and this is why you pay professionals, right? Because the DIY bride was like frantic with her signage up until the last day. And we were two weeks out from our wedding and everything was mostly done. So like, I think about that often when I'm talking to my current clients about like, should we use a stationer? I'm like, uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I, that's just my personality. Like if I'm five minutes late to something, I'm like stressed out. Like I'm a little too type A. Like my husband's like, you need to calm down. Like, well, it's okay. <laughs> we have a time ticket, but if you're 15 minutes late, they'll still let you into the museum. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> well in my business because yeah. you know I just I and I say to couples when I have the call like my job is to take stress away from you and no one wants to be like the day before your wedding stressing out about putting a sign in a frame or something right. like that you know what I mean right. and you know it's it's like with you know you I I say to couples a lot like I'll get couples who ordered their save the dates online or something and it just ended up being more work than they thought or they had to reprint and so it didn't even save the money and you know I think with stationery it's one of those categories that like, there's a lot of minutia, but you don't really realize it until you're in the thick of it. And so if you have a yeah. planner who can kind of tell you that off the bat, you're, you're already in a better position. I 100% agree. And I, I also think about this story back, back in the day, I had a couple who didn't, they just wanted to use like minted for everything. And, and that's fine, I guess. You know, she had proofread stuff. She had sent me to proofread stuff, all the pieces of the, you know, and I, I thought I did. And then she got her RCP cards back and she had misspelled September. And like, so no painful. one at Minted <laughs> had pointed this out because they, they, you know, they very rightly say like, we cannot, we're not proofreading, like click here to say that you've proofread it. And we had to reprint the RCP cards and we all felt like idiots. But all I kept thinking was, well, if we had had a stationer, that would have been one more set of eyes and it probably wouldn't have been misspelled in the first place. <laughs> 
So well, and listen, have I ever missed a typo? Absolutely. But and does it say in my like contract that it's your responsibility to to um, spell check? Absolutely. But if that happens, I'm I'm not going to charge you full price to reprint it because I care about nice. you, and I don't. I'm not here to make money off of like your error, my error, whatever it is. So like, right. you know, there's just, I always say like, you're working with me. There's just a human connection there where like yes. those little things matter. And again, it just, I think adds more joy to the process. You feel like someone's in your corner and it's not going to be this transactional relationship. I love it. I want to ask you a deep personal question. What is your least Ooh, favorite okay. font? Oh God, that is and deeply why is personal. It comic no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even consider that a font. I mean, when you say font, I'm thinking like, you know, because there's, for people that don't know, there's free fonts and there's, you know, fonts that you pay for. And listen, there are some great free fonts out there for sure. And I use them. So I'm not saying don't do it. But fonts are like my shoe shopping. Like I don't have thousands of shoes, <laughs> but I got to tell you, my my creative market purchase receipts are, uh, you know, are high right now. But yes. I with a paid font you it's little things like you the spacing looks better there's more um like options for different letters you know that have like I'll I'll use crude terms like tails that you know are more swoopy I'm using words that my clients use because they don't know yes. the technical terms um so you know when you work with someone like me like I have tons and tons of fonts um I think one font Burgess script, which is one of those fonts, you see the and a lot, like, and I, I use it still because it's really pretty. But it's one of those script fonts that has been used a lot. And it's one of those fonts that, you know, like anything with, you know, being in vogue, whether it's clothing, or I don't know, whatever, you know, there's ones that if you're in that business are hot, and then as it kind of trails behind other people start to use it more. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you don't want the, you don't want the invitation that everyone else has with the same font. And you just, you want something that is reflective of your style. And there's so many out there and I am willing to pay money on them. <laughs> like too much money sometimes. So that's where I stand. Do you have one? Renee? My least favorite font. Well, I don't like anything that's, I don't like the comic sans is kind of a joke because it's everyone's least favorite font, but like anything that looks like a child wrote it, like all those handwriting fonts, I get real annoyed about, you know, like the ones that just like are someone's handwriting just because like, it's so hard to read. And I have such bad eyesight that I'm always deeply annoyed when like a non-professional person designs something like on Canva and it's all handwritten script. And I'm like, how am I supposed to read this? Uh, what's funny about the, the different like iterations is like, so when Joe and I got married, our invitation designer, um, cause I really wanted everything like calligraphy, like hand calligraphy, but that's very expensive. <laughs> and we had like a 250 person wedding. So we used Carolina pro black, which looks like calligraphy. Mm -hmm. That was my but, old font for my old logo when I started my business. Oh, so really? I, I it's yeah, such yeah. a dear, it's, it, it is my favorite just because it's our wedding font, but there's like four different kinds of R's and I think I, I drove my poor designer crazy because I was like, maybe the different R in that one, maybe this other R. And she's like, we can't use all four of them. And I was like, but they're diff they're better in different situations. So like the fact that she told me, I think she rude the day that she told me there were four different R's and four different J's because I was like, show me another R. What about that one? What about that R with that J? She was like, oh my God. So yeah, Carolina Pro Black is my favorite. I think my, I don't know. I think papyrus really makes me feel like ick. Oh, oh. Yes. It's just, well, and it's, I just think it's, fonts have personalities. And I think if you, if you are a font 
I like to call myself a font snob, although un, 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 you know, a non-professional font snob in that I've every logo I've ever had, every every time I've ever worked with a designer ever, I'm like, let me get into those fonts. They're like, oh God, here she comes. Um, <laughs> so Creative Market has also gotten a penny from me or two as well. Yeah, I don't know. To me, fonts are very, um, I don't know. I think I've always remembered and, and assigned personality to different things. I remember when we first started working on my wedding management course. And I say we as if it was just me. Yes, it was just me in this room. I chose a font. I still, it's a font we still use to this day. It's um like Playbill. It's like a pretty like mm-hmm. it's a it's a serif font. It's like pretty chunky. And I remember feeling like it felt familiar to me. And then the more I've worked with it over the years, because all of my courses have that same font now, I I really do remember that it was very similar to a font that was in a textbook I had when I was in grade school. Fonts they connect you to things. Like it's funny. Yeah. We it's kind of a joke. Like you know you we watch movies and there'll be movies like i'm going to give you an example as this is going to be airing in december so we'll be in we'll be in the tech you know the holiday season but if you watch the movie elf they have the font in the opening and it's like the it's the font that you guys will recognize and it has the curls to it and it's like one of those fonts that's like yeah you know a free font that people use like for their second grade class banner and it's like this movie had the biggest budget and they just they couldn't find someone <laughs> to get a good font you know and it's just it's yeah. crazy you know I love that I never even thought about that because I absolutely know the title sequence you're talking about and I'm like mm-hmm. when I saw that font I was like oh it looks like elf shoes and that's probably why they chose it but also how funny that they used a free font right telling you it happens all the time it's just one of those quirky things in whatever industry that you know you notice after other people don't well yeah like a couple years ago everyone was using lobster and then bombshell was a big Mm -hmm. one like you see it kind of iterate through like wedding world about like oh now everyone's logo remember there was a time when like everyone's logo had like a even if they were in a florist had like a bunch of flowers underneath it totally yeah there was we go and we go in phases in this industry and then the, the phase of like the coffee houses all having like you know, the circle logo with like the icon in it. And then the the text was rounded. So yeah, I mean, listen, like anything else, it, it, there's definitely trends with weddings, with fashion, with fonts. It's all, it's all fun stuff. Do you ever tell a client if they come to you saying like, oh, I want these wet imitations to be in papyrus. Are you just like, no? <laughs> I mean, or- if someone wants their font in, in the imitation papyrus, I don't know if they will be working with me. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> I am very lucky that people just trust me. I mean, they, you know, like, and, you know, I'll send something and people will be like, can I see some options of a font that's more modern or, you know, this one is, it it feels too fancy and you know what I mean? And so there's just a lot of trust. I'm really lucky in that way that people don't, you know, I've had some people be like, can you fix the spacing of the letters and, you know, things that like most people wouldn't notice and sometimes I appreciate the attention to detail and sometimes I'm like no one's gonna notice this why are we making this edit but you know I I feel like I'm that client who's like hey the kerning is off can we and they're like oh god she knows a term oh god I don't know don't ask me to be your logo now Renee I'm a little nervous you know what I have to say though because I'm so like specific about everything like even when we rebranded Moxie Bright, we kept the logo and we are going to rebrand Renee Dallow next year and I'm keeping the logo. So like once I get a logo, I'm, I'm generally like, okay, this is it for me. Well, she says now, wait until 2022. I'll be like, everything's blowing up. It's everything else I always want to change. <laughs> yeah, but that's, like, a, that's, a, that's the mark of a good logo, right? It's timeless. Like 
you know, it's hard because in those moments you want something trendy and it feels so exciting. And, but then you know how it goes. And then two years later, you're like, I can't keep this anymore. And then you have to spend the money again. And, you know, as a business, you want to keep evolving, but you do want something to have, you know, some breadth to it. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about, um, about like logo design is that so we did the moxie bright logo like i don't know back in like 2015 the same one that we have now and then like a year or two later um someone who used to be in the wedding space launched a podcast and basically like used my logo but her words and i remember when she launched her podcast i literally showed it to like everyone i knew and i was like look at this logo and they were like it looks nice and i was like that's my logo and they're like it isn't i was like yes it is they changed like one one of the fonts but but back then I was like very aggrieved. And now I'm like, how nice is that? That someone was like, I like it enough to steal it. <laughs> well, you evolved in a nice way. A lot of people don't get to that point. You know, they feel like that is not the the way that they want people to, you know, show their appreciation for their design. Um, well, if it was know, another wedding planner, I might've been like, um, hi, let's have mm-hmm. a talk. But it wasn't, it was a podcast and it was fine. And I don't even think yeah. she has the podcast anymore. But I definitely, like, you know, when, like you said, fonts bring up memories like you have we're tied to them in a way like the minute i saw it i was like that's my logo like (laughs) yeah well it's good brand recognitions right there boom yeah there it is there it is sandy what do you want people to know about moving locations i know you know we talked about how you got it started but how are you running these two locations or or is your focus not that equally split so, you know, when I first moved here, it was like, you know, 80% of my weddings were still East Coast. Um, now it's kind of like 50-50. It's great. I mean, it's a nice mix of things. But I would say, you know, I'm really fortunate. I was kind of nervous that people were going to be like, well, wait, you're in Connecticut or you're in LA? What do you, you know, and I, I lose some clients who are like, they just feel more comfortable going to a paper shop and like flipping through the book. And again, that's fine. Like that fits for them. Um, I'm glad they found something that works for them. I always say the one thing is I, I do mail paper samples to all my couples. So like they get those, they get to flip through. It hasn't really been an issue. Like I, I honestly, I, do I sometimes pay extra for expedited shipping? Yeah, but I don't pass it on to you. You know, that's just part of the yeah. business of making sure things get to you on time and my, you know, selfishly my peace of mind too. I would just say my best advice is just like dig into those genuine connections. Don't just, you know, like I sat down, I made a list of planners I found. I like emailed or I asked, you know, can I grab, can I buy you coffee? Like it's slow and steady wins the race too. Like I'm someone I hit the ground running, but like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna move mountains, you know, two days after you've (laughs) moved to a new location, you know, you've got to put in the work and, you know, connect with people. And I know that's harder for, for some than others. I mean, a lot of, you know, people that work in our industry, they're, you know, um, a little more introverted and, you know, I, you know, like working for themselves and don't need to be in an office every day. But, you know, you're just, you're not going to get far just working on yourself. And, you know, I'm so glad I joined the the WIPA SoCal board and gone to events. And, you know, I've certainly gotten some business from it. But if you go in for that purpose, it's, you're not going to win. Like I went in for that purpose because I was like, I want to do something for the industry. I like the people on the board. I, I like connecting with them. And, you know, if you get money out of it because of it, that's just gravy. Yeah. What would you say for people who are in the same place you were four years ago, but have a lot of anxiety about reaching, doing that initial reach out? How nervous did that make you? And why did you do it anyway? (laughs) It, you know, it made me nervous. Um, I, again, I was fortunate that I was, you know, established with my business. It wasn't like I didn't have anything and I was starting from scratch. Um, But people are, people are generally really kind. And I think, you know, again, if you send that like 
DM without their name and just say, um, I'd like to work with you in 2022. Like, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of love back. But if you make the effort to just like, you know, be humble and say, hi, you know, I just moved here. I'm really excited to kind of build my business. I'd love to grab coffee. Like you're going to get great feedback. And if someone blows you off, then you know what? You probably don't want to work with them anyway. If you're in a market like LA, you know, you don't need that many people to be successful. There's so many of us. If you're in a smaller market, you know, my advice to the smaller markets is always keep knocking on the door until it opens. Right. Because if, if it's a small community, I imagine it's even stronger than the community we have in LA. And I think our LA community is pretty, pretty damn strong. Yeah, I agree. And listen, I, there's some planners that I, you know, know and, and stuff, but haven't really worked with yet. And I would say too, like, you know, social media is really, is powerful. Like, you know, liking someone's post, it doesn't mean anything. Like, do you see who likes your post? Not really. But like, I make a point to comment if there's like, you know, a planner that I, you know, connected with a while back, but we haven't really talked and, or like, you know, send a DM or something like, don't be like creepy, obviously. But I I personally, (laughs) I appreciate when someone, someone takes the time to like share your content. Like if, you know, I have, if my friend is like doing a, a speaking engagement or there is an event, like I'll share it. Like it costs me nothing. And I think people really appreciate that. And, or just like, Hey, this wedding, you know, this photo is beautiful. Or I love the, the colors of the florals. And I just, again, I think if you just go in authentically, you will, you will get something back from that. I agree. And also when you have even a couple of, you know, good solid relationships in your new market, I, I never really mind when my vendor partners say, Hey, um, could you introduce me to so-and-so? I think that you're friends with them. I'd be like all day. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. So I think making that core group and then asking that core group after a while, you know, like don't do it right away. Cause that also feels like shady, but once you're really established to be like, Hey, I saw you, you were with so-and-so do you mind making an email introduction? That's it. I think that that's, I think there's something really, um, nice about that. Like you want the people that you, that you like to be successful, right? You want to share them with others. Totally. And again, it's nice when you're in a big market and it's like, there's, there's room for everyone on the boat. You know what I mean? And the people that, you know, and I've had some people who have, you know, it's been very few, but some people who haven't been as like open, like I, especially with other stationers too. Like if they ask me, you know, again, someone's like, hi, tell me how you built a successful business. I'm not going to be like, well, here's step one. (laughs) But if someone's like, hey, someone I know too is like, hey, can you tell me what printer you use for that? Like, I'm more than happy to give that. I just feel like, you know, I don't see it as a threat to my business. And the more we can like just elevate the wedding industry in general, the better, the better we'll all be. A hundred percent. Cosign, 100 percent. Sandy, where can people find you on the internets? So you can find my website, rosevilledesigns.com, two L's, designs with an S. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Roseville Designs, which I post, you know, I, at least twice every week. I try to keep up with the stories and such and the reels, which, you know, can be a little tedious, but I like to connect. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to connect with new vendors and um, help any way I can. Uh, I love it. I feel like you're always on the Instagram or at least Instagram shows me you a lot. Well, good. I hope so. I mean, listen, I use the Planoly, which I appreciate because I wake up, I got to make lunches. I got to get kids to school. I do not have time to hashtag and and all that. So I'm very grateful for for, um, apps like that. Agreed. Agreed. Well, y'all go connect with Sandy on Instagram. And Sandy, thank you again. I'm so glad we got to nerd out about fonts and talk about your move. And what we want to do with this podcast always is 
just speak to people's lived experiences and hope that those of you listening can get just a little nugget of information that maybe you didn't know before. And I think even if you're not moving markets, right, connecting with people at this point in time, at this place in our in our pandemic, it can only benefit you. I will see you next week, friends. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.